another episode of Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. Me, Mo. Currently eating a muffin. And me, Pete. <laughs> Alright, so... It's a lemon muffin. It's kind of buff. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> had to say it. Yeah, had to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start today's episode off with a poem. Okay, this piece is called The Morning After. Hmm. Mo knows about those, don't, don't you don't, don't ask questions, yeah? <laughs> well, don't knows ask about questions. those mornings. <laughs> those mornings, eh? Just recite your poem. Okay, okay. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> the door creaks open. As the pastor reaches the climax in his sermon, the door creaks open and everyone turns to see who's come to disturb the peace. Black leather jacket, white cotton dress, size six dolly shoes hanging precariously from fingertips. It's her. Of course it's her. Who else would come into church when it's almost time to leave? They all know why she's here. They all know where she's been. It's the morning after and the night before, so next must come the walk of shame into church. Onto the seat closest to the door and furthest away from the giant crucifix at the front. It's clear she isn't welcome here. They stare at her with such icy glares, her tears just might freeze against her cheeks. Her lack of pride won't allow her to make eye contact with anyone. Her lack of pride won't allow her to close her eyes. Not that she needs them. She's no longer walking by sight, she's walking by faith. Faith is her guide. Faith is telling her not to stop, not to look back. Faith is telling her not to listen to the whispers. She's got some nerve showing her face here. They better take her out of the choir. To think she was my daughter's mentor. You know, it's funny. Jesus said you know them by their fruit. So why are these apple trees producing oranges and those orange trees producing pears? What manner of strange fruits are these? And what happened to the fruits of the spirit? When did love and kindness and patience start to taste so bitter? She's got so many questions. Not enough answers. No, sorry. She's got so many questions and no one to ask. <laughs> sorry. Her only answer now, her only solution, uh, her only answer now is to walk to that crucifix at the front of the church through this orchard of strange fruit that have blood on their leaves and blood on their roots. Did he not spill enough blood for them? Must they make a sacrificial lamb out of her too? They stand so tall and mighty with their branches spread far and wide trying to block her access to the sun. For her, this place is dark. So, so dark. But Jasmine once told her, sometimes, sometimes you have to stop looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you have to stop and find God in the darkness. So she will. Black leather jacket, white cotton dress. She stands in front of the crucifix and looks up. It's funny. At the foot of the cross, everything else is now behind her. There's not a strange fruit in sight. All there is is a burning bush. Her size dolly shoes finally drop from her fingertips. She doesn't need them now. After all, she's on holy ground. Finished. Alright, alright. How'd you guys find that? I liked it. I've heard it before, but um, I like the piece. The way it starts, 
that we kind of navigate through it in a way and um, just thinking about the sense of judgment and condemnation that a person who's truly seeking God or even might not be perceived as seeking God can face but us not necessarily knowing the condition of their heart mm. um, and with the whole um, portion of the fruits where it's like we, we could try to come across as being a certain way but not necessarily be that way um, and in the end she doesn't need her shoes because she's on holy ground where it's like that was the that was the major thing that was noticeable when she walked in that her shoes were in her hands with that car stay on the tramp coming into the house of God when. but it's like she's now it, it, it's such a beautiful contrast so yeah like, I like it I like it any feedback Peter? I was going to ask is the, that voting thing so going otherwise to plug it in now? oh no that closed on yesterday but I know you did the, the poem at a event no? yeah okay. which is why I've uh, I, I chose to do that poem. Oh, is that the poem you did? Yeah, that's the poem nice. I did. Okay, so I presented that poem today because um, <coughs> I think like a month ago now, I took part in a like poetry poetry slam competition and, and that's the piece that I did. And then I thought I was the best person there. <laughs> Honestly speaking. And I, like I know Peter looked through some of the other acts as well. Would you, would you agree with me? Um, and I looked through all of them, of the ones I did, yes. I think uh, I liked your piece too much. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and that, that hurt Peter to admit, you know. It, it did. Oh, it did. Like, I could have taken away. It was, it was like it was like drawing water from a rock. <laughs> no, I could have said I didn't watch that many pieces. Or I only watched one piece, so I liked this one. One, I watched. I didn't say that. P is actually here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I've done, but no, no, no. I liked it. I liked it. it was a good right. piece, yeah. And um, what's what's the purpose of this? Oh yeah. Um, so I like reading stuff on the internet, and the one thing I came across a while back was this whole thing on like personalities. Mm. So there's this psych- psychological experiment or like test mm-hmm. called the Myers Briggs test. Mm-hmm. And what it does, you answer like a set of questions and then it um, categorises categorises you based on your answers. And there are like 16 different personality types. Yeah. And the personality type I got was INTP, I think it was, yeah. Also known as the logician. And those logicians are people... No, no, no. you got something different. Um, so logicians are very logic-based mm don't really care too much for emotions and and <laughs> yeah and yeah and yeah they don't really take emotion into consideration when you're dealing with situations which I, you know if, if if everyone thought about things intellectually mm. there will be, be, be no problems in the world logic rules the world but anyway um, and then there was this article about us logicians and like mental disorders were prone to getting mm. and uh, one was narcissistic disorder okay so like yeah so INTPs have <laughs> a propensity to to be narcissists mm. and then I was thinking about this for a while and then 
I got kind of scared. Because <laughs> I actually think I have narcissistic tendencies. <laughs> and, I, and, and then I didn't know if that was just me being me. So I wanted to ask you guys. Mm. Do you guys become narcissistic? Alright, so you know, the whole narcissist thing, the, the mm-hmm. word came because of one guy who fell in love. One guy, John Narcissia or something, who fell in love with his own reflection. Like, he thought he was so hot, he fell in love with his own reflection. And that's why they named it after him. Now, at the beginning of this podcast, I believe someone said, <laughs> he felt he was the best. <laughs> I'll draw the parallel between... Oh, no, 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 no. I said out of all the performers, I was the best performer there. I, I, personally, I don't think you have narcissistic uh, tendencies. I, I don't think you... If you do, I don't see them. I think maybe we might be the wrong audience for that question. Probably some of your numerous babes might, might say differently. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> the way he tried to swerve that quick... There are people listening to this podcast going, Yes! Yes! <laughs> Um, but no, 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 I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know what more, what more things. Um, I, don't, I don't think you have. Yeah. So, as P- Peter, I think, rightly described it in terms of just looking at your reflection of me like, yo, like, I'm that guy in it. Now, it's... Gen- uh, now, come on, guys, let, let's not make it out of the I just said I'm the best in general. <laughs> I said, out of, out of all the performers, I, I thought I was the best. <laughs> Can we not make the To be honest, yeah, Robert has got these moments where he'll be like, I'm sick, I'm just sick. I, I just know it. I want to say it randomly like that. <laughs> he's, got, he's got, but it's a case of, there's always a fine line, or a blurred line, should I say, a blurred line between confidence in your abilities and um, narcissism. Now, what do you think that line is? I said it's a blurred line. Okay, so so it's, so, it's, so, it's, so what do you think? They overlap. I think you start to lean to a dangerous position when you think, when you kind of view yourself above and beyond other people, or you start to view yourself as superior to other people in the sense of, I'm that guy. You are just waste man. Let's just deal with the facts. But what if you are superior to them in, in, in like some respects? Hypothetically speaking. It's, it's... By the way, these are one of those moments <laughs> that Moe was referring to. It's recognising that, yes, I might be good here, but that doesn't negate your abilities and your uniqueness and what you bring to the table. So, um, Peter, Peter might be a better photographer than me, but in certain aspects of photography or in certain areas I might shine more than him so what happens if like there are no areas that you that you shine more than Peter if there are not areas that yeah. then Peter's overall better photographer than me but then narcissism then comes into how he um, how he how he handles that um, that information if if it get, if he starts to look at himself like I don't want to use this analogy I'm not going to use it. If he starts to look at it as though I have to, 
I don't know who Moses is battling right now, but there's a battle going on somewhere. It's, it's, it's like I'm I'm very mindful of the of the listeners. I don't want to use an analogy because it, it contains one word that people might be offended by if, if I use it. It's not a, some people might deem it as a swear word, but your ish don't stink. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's alright. It's just alright. I don't have to yeah. bleep that out. Cool. So <laughs> some people, some people live like their ish don't stink. Mm-hmm. Like when they go to the toilet, it smells of roses. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Have you been eating roses? Even if you eat roses, it's, mate, <laughs> you, you can you can pour what perfume? It's still gonna have some some sort of odor to it. But um, if you're walking around like that, like you're the ish, you're that guy. No one else can touch you. Like, you look at your mirror and you're like, how you doing? Something like that, yeah. Then I'm, it's not necessarily narcissism, but it's lean, it's the, the lines, that's when the lines become more blurred. I, I, I think I'd actually really like to hear the listeners in on this as well, um, because it is a, it, as you said, it's a blurred line, but it's a hard thing mm-hmm. to, to, to recognise. I'm trying to think of an, a, a, a scenario that makes it easier, but to, like like Robert's saying, to be better at something. It's almost like, how do you then navigate that? Do you... But I like the fact that you said it's not necessarily you looking at the fact that you are better at something uh, and um, and letting that take away from someone else's ability. But then I, I also like the fact that you didn't say, okay, if you think you're good at something, think of something that you're not good at. Because then you're focusing on negative mm. things and that's not necessarily helpful but I, I I think I can see the the dilemma in if you're good if you're good at something it's almost as if well in my mind the safest thing I can think is do not know that you're good at something if that makes sense mm-hmm. and just keep on working as though I can always be better mm-hmm. so I'm never going to consider myself as having reached there yet mm-hmm. but is that is that just the easier route or is that a good route to take? I think uh, there's wisdom in that route. I, I wouldn't necessarily not... I wouldn't necessarily say don't think of yourself as good because I kind of think um, you should give credit where credit's due. So if, if you do take good pictures, to take look at your pictures and be like, oh, the picture looks good. Not sit there for five hours like gasping at one picture. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Look at that. No, but it's like... Um, being able to be like, alright, cool, I am good at what I do, but as you said, there's still room for improvement. Now, within within creativity, no one can ever say there's no room for improvement. Irrespective of whatever you are, as a creative, you will always see something you would like to tweak. As someone who who is creative, you always see something you can tweak. As a bodybuilder, you always see something you can tweak. As a teacher, you always see something you can tweak. The problem doesn't lie with your students. More time. Sometimes the student is just being... Some students just don't some, get it. Yeah, some students just don't get it, whatever you do. But <laughs> there's always... If a student's not getting it, how differently can you explain it to the student? Mm. How can you present information so that the student can see it or understand it? Um, so there's always ways in which you can challenge yourself. But when you actually feel you've gotten to the point where there's absolutely nothing more for you to achieve, then I, f- I feel like you're in a dangerous position. I wouldn't necessarily say shy away from your, your, um, your abilities or how good you are, but have a healthy view of it in terms of, yes, I'm good. I could, as you were saying, I could get better. 
So focusing on the better and also have a healthy view of those who are around you. Don't just view them as beneath you or worthless of your time because you're better than them. But it's a case of um, one thing that I love about the Bible is that Jesus says that it pleased God to reveal these things unto babes, unto, unto like, babies and stuff. And it constantly reminds me that knowledge isn't just contained within those who are extremely learned and who have studied all along. But even someone starting off can hold something that you have always missed simply because of what they've been exposed to and what God has shown them or a situation they've been in. So photography... I could learn from someone who has been in the game for 25 years as well as learning from someone who just stepped into it because pretty much it's all about your eye and perspective. So they could take a picture and be like, wow, I like the way the light hit the face in that picture and then learn from that and try to implement it in my own pictures. Mm. Poetry is the same thing. You can learn from someone who is one of the greats, the old guys that you guys listen to and you can learn from someone who just started off, who's trying something new. I realised that when we're trying something new, we tend to be a lot more experimental. But once we start to establish something, we, we almost get tend to get ways. stuck in our own ways and then just, this is how I write, this is what I'm going to do. So there's always room for improvement, there's always room for learning. Um, narcissism is just looking at yourself and thinking you're the greatest. And now we're in a, like shutting everybody up, isolating yourself as the greatest within your own mind. Mm. And that could stifle what you think you're great at, anyways. Okay, let me let me divert it a bit. So 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 talking about this whole, I could be good, but I could be better thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one question that Christians like to like to ask it's such a quick like when you think about it, it's such a silly question to ask, but they ask, "How's your walk with God going?" Mm. Now, the, uh, um, the true answer is, it's, it's going crap, only because of how. Infinitely, God is. Do you, you, you ever feel like because of so, how, how much debt there is for you to get to, is saying that my walk is good, ever an acceptable answer? But what about Enoch? Yeah, yeah, e, yeah, Enoch was there and then God was. The way says he walked with God so much so that. God just took him away. Yeah, so like Enoch made it. So like Enoch could say, yeah, my walk is good. <laughs> I think, you know, like, when, and I think the the heart behind how's your walk going isn't like for a metric measure of, oh yeah, nowadays I pray 24 hours. So yeah, it, 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 I'm good. No, I think it's it's more so at any given point in time, we, we, we feel... You know, we, we we go through different things, and so today is good. Today I'm like, yeah, I just came back from men's fellowship, and I've been praying, or I just came back from a retreat. I've been praying, I've been reading the Bible. I'm feeling good right now. Someone asked me, how's your walk? It's like, yeah, 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 we're on fire. You know, we're doing what God wants us to do, stuff like that. Two weeks down the line, maybe I haven't had those experiences, or um, I'm not smiling as much. Um, or I'm even going through tough times. Job, if, if I, I imagine, you know... Before God um, pointed them out to the devil, uh, if you ask Job, how's your walk going? Yeah, it's good, it's good. Um, you know, doing my sacrifices just in case my kids have messed up. Um, you know, God is good, uh, nothing's gone wrong, it's all cool. Um, and then when stuff went wrong, when his friends came, I, I believe, you know, in, in our terms, that's what they're asking, like, okay, 
these things have gone wrong, how's your work going? Now, obviously, his friends were wrong in that instance, but I think it's... I don't. Th- I wouldn't say it's a silly question to ask. Um, I, I would say... It's a no... It's, it's a non-answerable question. Not non-answerable, but I think it's one of those questions where it's... It's 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 literally the state of where are you right now? And if you're, you know, if you're, if as hopefully you would be, you're doing good. You know, you're in constant communication with your your father. You're doing what God wants you to do. It will always be things are okay. I think. Uh, I I guess. But could be better. It could always be better. Could always be better. But it then goes into that question, and I'll let I'll let you guys talk a little bit more on what you asked. But it goes into that question of, you know, then when will it ever be at a point where it can't get better? Will it ever be perfect? Yeah. So when like you 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 get whisked away, like you get whisked away. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's what you. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can. I know. For me, when people ask me that question, Mm. I even say, "Yeah, it's good." Or or I just say it could be better, hmm. because that's because that's the truthful answer. But then if you say it could be better, you say oh look at this dislike yeah, weird guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that if someone says how's your work going, it could be better. So so let let's let's talk. What, <laughs> why is it not good? What have you been doing? They automatically just think that you you're not in prayer. You're not in your word. Sometimes that's what it means. It could be better. That means I haven't. I um I admit this of myself. When people say their walk isn't, it could be better. I think they aren't doing as much as they feel they should be doing to be on good uh, grounds with God. Um, but even that automatically sounds like a work-based thing yeah, in yeah. terms of you're not doing as much as you could do mm. to be in right standing with God. Um, I've heard a lot of people. So, do, do, no, are you no, going to say more? No, no, no. Um, I've heard people saying that you um, God understands that we go through seasons in life where sometimes we're more busy than usual, so we're not actually able to dedicate as much time to God. Um, and He understands that. He understands that life kind of happens and we fluctuate. Um, I personally say depends. Um, I would be. I would even say, by grace, is cool, or it's not currently where I would like it to be. And when I say it's not currently where I'd like it to be, more than usually, I'm speaking about I'm not currently doing what I would like to be doing in Him in terms of praying as much as I'd like to pray, or being able to read as much as I'd like to read, or study as much as I'd like to study. And that's simply because other things are taking my time. Um, and people be like, right, then you need to prioritize, blah blah blah. But I'm like. You don't necessarily live my life, so <laughs> you don't know what's, what what the priorities are. Um, one in a household, having a family to look after, having to work Monday to Friday, um, stuff like that, are all priorities. Not saying that they're more priorities than God, but even in the Bible, it places emphasis on a man leading his household in the right way, going to work. A man who doesn't work shouldn't eat. Um, Loving his wife, loving his children, not raising his children up in a bitter way. And, but all of these things are all godly things to do. And it's... I'm also reminded that God isn't necessarily pleased when we lock ourselves up and pray to him for the whole day, but also how we live our faith out. So there's a sense of, yes, it's good to be in this world and to pray and stuff. 
but it's not, it's not, let's not just be hearers of the word, let's be doers of the word. So how are we actually be doers of the word if we're not doing stuff? Um, I just like a balance, but that balance is not always obtained. Um, and I, I'm admitting myself, when someone says their walk isn't, um, could be better, automatically, my mind automatically just goes to, oh, so um, why isn't it? Um, where you like it to be what aren't you doing um, what would you like to see happen um, and that can promote a sort of work based thing you should pray more you should spend more time with him um, this and that um, depends on how the person reads it but it is one that is very subjective different people kind of respond to different things different ways especially depending on your um, religious background um, I know some people are opposed to the term religious because um, they kind of see it as this systematic thing but Christianity is a religion fundamentally is a religion um, yes it's, based, it's to do with faith and um, your relationship with God but it's a religion um, so yeah yeah do you think that there so let's talk testimonies do you think there are some testimonies that should not be said in church? As in, say, so like, you know, when people give their, their, their testimonies, they'll talk about how they did something and they want to give God thanks for being able to do this thing. So it's, it, it, it's almost like the emphasis is put on, on them mm-hmm. doing the act, then rather maybe the act itself or God being in that situation. Or oh, okay, maybe a better way to word that question is, how can you give a testimony without it being about you, even if it's you doing something? In- but honestly, giving a testimony that's not about you, but about God. I think um, it's it's sometimes we, I think sometimes we might be responsible for judging people as giving a testimony and it being about them more about God, more more about them than it is about God, uh, simply because we feel that we feel that way or. You know, it might be jealousy manifesting like that or whatever. I think, not not to sound overly optimistic, but sometimes some people's testimony does sound like, oh, okay, you're doing something. Uh, but it's literally them in, in their heart of hearts knowing that actually it's God. Even if it's them that they did, it's God that enabled them to do that. Mm. And they're sharing a testimony. I think it comes from where the person's heart is. If the person's sharing that testimony uh, and the back of, at the back of their mind they want to look a certain way or they want to appear a certain way. Um, hopefully if you are, have that spirit of discernment you will notice that uh, um, and you'll be able to deal with that accordingly. But if someone has a testimony it's genuinely because of something they believe God has done or enabled them to do or brought their way and they're sharing it for the encouragement of the congregation uh, regardless of how it looks, that's what they're doing from their heart, and that's fine by me. Mm. And you know that there's the one scripture that says, um, uh, "If you go and do something, and then men say, well done, then you've got your gift.' Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you like share that a testimony, reward, yeah. that's your reward." Yeah. If yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so when, so like, let's say you like give a testimony. Does, um, does that mean that you give up your, your like godly reward? So when when the Bible says that, it says if you do something and you are doing it for the recognition of men, 
you have received your reward when they give you that recognition. So if if you if I'm doing something and I'm doing it with at the back of my mind so that I someone sees it and says, Oh well done or someone sees it and like gives me praise for it. When they give me that praise for it, that's my reward. God won't give me anything else or God won't um recognise that as something worth rewarding because I wasn't doing it for his reward. But if someone gives a testimony and they get the well done, but that wasn't again it's a matter of the heart. If they weren't doing it for you to come and tell them well done and you tell them well done then that's cool. God will still bless them because their heart was to glorify God mm. as opposed to receive your well done. Yeah. Glorified. Jesus does say, um, you are a city on a hill. Um, let your works so shine. You're, yeah, you're light on a hill. Let your works so shine that people may see it and give glory to the, to your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. So there's there's different motivations. If you're letting your light shine that people may see it and give glory to your Father in heaven, it's very different from doing something that people may praise you. It's like, yes, I want this group of people to, to know that I'm great, I'm that guy, so I'm going to do this, and they're going to recognise it. That that's So it, it all comes down to the motivation in the heart. Mm. It all comes down to why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. In terms of testimonies, um, I, I, I it, it's... It has its benefits in terms of building people up and um, kind of telling people of how God is working within his church. Uh, God, has been, God is doing tangible things in people's lives in the church. And it does build people up, it edifies people. It, it encourages people to know that, yes, God is doing stuff within the church, he's helping people out. It reassures people that um, if God did it for this person, he can do it for me. Um, yes, we should be reassured in the word, but we're, we're frail. Sometimes we need that reaffirmation from each other that, yes, God is working in this person, God is working in that person. And, it, and, and the Bible makes, makes provision yeah. for that. The Bible does make provision for so that. So it's, yeah. it's, it has its benefits. As Peter was saying, it all depends on where the motivation is, where the motivation is coming from. And hopefully with the spirit of discernment you can start to discern whether it's for personal gain or not. I would say if the leadership within the church start to recognise that, yo, this this person is starting to blow their own trumpet a bit too much and trying to seem as something that they're not necessarily, to pull them aside and kind of walk them through the scriptures with me like whenever you share a testimony your stuff is meant to be for God's glory, not necessarily yours. We're not saying you shouldn't share your testimony, but just check your heart and make sure it's in the right place as you as you share your testimony. Mm-hmm. I don't personally know, but I don't believe this happens as much as it should do. But as I said, that's this is just, that's just a guess. But I think that would be the good thing to do for the leadership to pull people um pull people aside and just have a word of them and get them to check their motives if this is the case. Um I find sometimes there's wisdom with that. Like there's sometimes there's one said pulling someone aside and then telling them because Especially when they're blowing their own trumpet and you do that, it makes them <laughs> more defensive. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've noticed sometimes it filters into the preaching. Like, it filters into, <laughs> like, like, you know, there's a time for testimonies and then the elder will come and or the pastor will come and take the microphone after the testimonies mm-hmm. and then take on to the next order of service. And it'll be like this little damage control, like, we praise God for this and God does this all, like, control, like, damage controlling what was done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see those aspects of things done sometimes. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. But it's okay to feel a bit happy when someone says well done when you give like a nice testimony. I think it would depend on what you actually said. If you said, um, oh, God provided my um, meal for the last week and someone said to me, well done, I'm like, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> no, if, if, if it's something like, um, like I was able to, I found some change in it and I was able to like buy some food for a like, homeless person. And then, I don't know. I, I, th- I so, think, again, depending on, along those lines. depending on where your heart was when you give the testimony, mm-hmm. your, your reaction might be different. Your reaction might be, oh, okay, yeah, you know, or, or you might, not to give specific examples because it, it's not something I can specifically mm-hmm. say this is how your reactions mm-hmm. would be, but um, it, where your heart was when you're giving the testimony will, will dictate how you respond, I think. There's mm. someone saying, well done, even if it's something that you did or not, you and your heart know, you're saying well done to me, but maybe I don't deserve yeah. that well done. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I've shared testimonies and stuff before, and it's a case of, Within those testimonies, I have done something, or God has provoked, God has led me to do something. And when sharing a testimony, I've I've kind of sensed that it's going to look as though I'm trying to toot my own horn. So I've kind of dropped a disclaimer. I'm not saying this to toot my own yeah. horn, but rather to show how God has worked in me. Because normally I wouldn't do this, and I'd be like, I did this, and I know that it wasn't me. It wasn't me that was doing it. It was God that was working through me, or I did this to this person, or I helped this person this way. And I'm like, but it, so it's. I think it, it also depends. Uh, hinges on how the person is, the person's personality. If the person is very mindful of other people, then they will put in some stuff to kind of orientate people in the right direction. If the person is, I'm not trying to like do some psychoanalysis or anything like that. But some people are a bit more jovial and a bit more, um, less, how can I even put it? They're, they're not less mindful, but they're a bit more jovial, a bit more relaxed. And so they'll kind of say it, expecting people to understand what their point of uh, point of view. While some people are really mindful of how they come across, so they try to put parentheses and stuff in place to ensure that what they mean comes across. Mm. But, None of it is necessarily wrong. It all depends on where your heart is. It all depends on how you actually approach the situation. I think as well, it's um, especially for people that don't know God, it's easy for them to try and take away from God's glory. And um, I remember when I, I used to work in a hotel um, back during college days, and my manager, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe in God. And uh, we we're, were having a conversation, it's like, yeah, I doesn't really believe that God talks to God talks to people, especially, like, for Christians. Um, I was like, no, I know, God talks to me. I was like, yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's your wisdom or it's your understanding. I'm like, I think about this yesterday, uh, thinking about a response I could have given back then. <laughs> but it was like, if you ask me, Pi, to ten decimal places, I can't tell you. I don't know Pi to ten decimal places. But if I then suddenly rattle it out, I know it's God. So it's like, it's not mean, it's not, sometimes it's not your understanding or it's not your ability. You know this is God because it's not something you can do. Um, And I think even in the Bible, God demonstrates certain things that he does simply so that you can not say it was you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, yeah, God, this this is entirely. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when you're delivering testimonies, or when some people deliver testimonies, like when you said, oh, you know, you put those disclaimers in, 
some people put their disclaimers in to cover up the fact that they <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying this for to say that I did it, but I did it. <laughs> uh, you, you see someone do this and then structure their testimony in such a way that it looks like they did something. Mm. So like, yeah, you know, but um, I think God, God doesn't need us to blow his horn for him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's perfectly capable of doing it himself. He has been throughout the whole ages. Exactly. The whole earth is, is, displays his glory. Um, and it's exactly that. And that's, this is something that I want to stress, not just due to what I've said, but for our listeners as well, where it's the case of every person is unique. Mm. And so the way that they speak, their drive and stuff will always be slightly different. Mm-hmm. So especially when it comes to motivation for why people do things, within the scope of this podcast, we can never kind of give... Cover everything. Cover everything. Yeah. We can say for us, for them, this and that, but with it, it's, everything is within the scopes of ourselves and what we've observed. So, yeah, we can't. I can't say your pastor is preaching heresy because he wants to get your money. I can't say that. <laughs> He, he could genuinely that could genuinely be his understanding of the scriptures mm. which is which, which is flawed um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying your pastor's preaching heresy right it's just an example but, but we can say go and read your Bible yourself that's what the Bible says be a Berean and so yeah I just I wouldn't say take everything that we say so, especially about personalities and individual motivations so literally yeah. Interesting. Someone just goes their pastor. I'm speaking heresy, because Moses said it on the blacksmith's face. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what you said, but it's heretical. I don't even know what heresies mean. <laughs> okay. So in life, in life you'll do a good job or something, mm-hmm. and like we're saying, someone might say, "Well done to you." Mm-hmm. Okay. As a Christian, yeah, because I think this like podcast got destroyed. So, how do you go about taking compliments and stuff? Compliments and like, well, well done. Oh yeah, that was, it did get destroyed. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking about that, um, and I was thinking it might not be the best because I notice when you put lots of people that tend to put lots of restrictions on things actually tend to just be the ones that are weaker if if I if I if I put it like that. Like um like Paul was saying, uh, you know, if someone doesn't want to eat meat, it's fine. You know, let them not eat me. Don't offend them by eating me. The one that doesn't eat me is weaker than the one that eats me. Um <laughs> I was reading that song. That's like Paul Paul sends shots, you know. <laughs> a couple of vegetarians are looking at this podcast like unsubscribe. Hey, Paul said it. Paul said it. I'll put the link in the description. I'll put, I'll put it. I'll put a verse in the description. Um, but so 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 I say that to say, what I tend to do is be very very mindful of accepting compliments and um, be mindful of not letting it get to my head. Mm almost to a fault definitely to a fault because someone will say something good that I've done and in my head I'll look at all the bad things I've done so I don't get carried away with a good thing uh, just because I'm fearful of that becoming a source of pride uh, it's definitely not the right way to do it I think there's there's grace or something um, there's, there's a better way to do something I think there's that, grace or something yeah there's grace or something else <laughs> um, 
there's a better way to do it. But I think where you might see that as a problem that you might have, um, or if you know yourself and you know, you know the the slightest thing someone says gets to you, it's safe to put those checks and, and balances in place for yourself where you don't let, you know, if someone gives you a compliment, don't let it get to your head. You actually actively don't let it get to your head. Yeah. But that's just me. Because yeah. uh, we did a, a podcast episode a while ago and it got destroyed. And I was telling these guys about this 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 technique. O- over-accept. Called, called, called over-accepting a compliment. Or like overtaking a compliment. <laughs> Let's demonstrate. Robert, that's a really nice shirt. It's sick, isn't it? I don't know. When I get the clothes. When you clothes, you know. How dare he? <laughs> I don't even like that shirt. <laughs> it's actually a sick shirt, but that's not the point. So, when you when, when you overtake a compliment, you, you just basically, like, agree with, what, like, with what the, whatever the person is, is, is complimenting. Let me demonstrate why I don't believe that works. Hey, girl, you're looking really fine. I am, isn't it? I know. Okay. But it's anyway, I'm going home. <laughs> Obviously... There's a way to do it so the person knows that you're joking and like you're not actually this vain, arrogant, narcissistic person. But, and I just find that it helps, like, break the tension. Because, like, it is. Because, like, you give someone the compliment, they say thank you, and then it's just weird for a bit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, like, if you overtake it, everyone laughs and they can just carry on. I think the technique I mentioned on that day was a counter compliment. So someone compliments you, you quickly slide one back, just to even it out. You're kind of buff, you know? Yeah, you're yeah, kind of flat, sure. But obviously, I'm married in that, so I'm not trying to move you. Yeah? Just, just so that's... that disclaimer, man. So, um, do you think not taking, the co- not taking the compliment, or not, okay, not knowing how to take a compliment is a form of, what's the word? What, humility? Yeah, false humility. False humility. Because I think that's uh, that's something you've, you've you've said in the past, man. That undertaking a compliment is a is a is a form of false humility. Man, uh, trying to quote me or stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have said that, but if I have, right now I would say not always. Again, it'll come down to personality. Some people don't know how to handle compliments yeah, I know that I didn't know how to handle compliments before so some people are like oh um, your shirt looks nice I'm like mm, okay getting awkward but um, as you guys were saying that everyone's kind of got their own mechanism or technique to handle or take compliments um, personally I like to appreciate your compliment and then quickly move on so someone says oh your haircut looks nice I'm like oh safe fam keep it moving so it's like <laughs> Do you know how weird that would be? <laughs> or if I'm having a conversation with someone and it's like, oh, I like that picture, I'll be like, oh thank you, and I'll just move on. <laughs> so no, even no, 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 you need to say keep it moving, man. That'll make it sick. Just like, oh it's cool. Keep it moving. <laughs> so even when I was showing you guys some pictures and then you guys, oh, that's a really nice shot. Mm. I kind of oh thank you. And I just, but I tried to do it in such a way that you don't necessarily notice that and you're just moving on. So I try to appreciate the comment because you, you, it's a genuine compliment. You're not doing it for the sake of doing it, and I, I don't feel obligated to compliment you back in the sense of, oh yeah, you're, you're doing that as well. I'm just like, you've given me a compliment, I accept it, I appreciate it, 
I know that is your opinion. I might not necessarily agree with it, but it's your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that, you know. If I might not necessarily agree with it, but it's your opinion and I appreciate it because it's your opinion and you felt free enough to be able to tell me. So I appreciate it. I'm not going to dwell on it. Because when I start dwelling on it, for me personally, I start to think that, yeah, I'm that guy, innit? So, boy, I got this. So even when I got um, selected for... Um, Visco cam. My, one of my images got selected for Visco cams. Um, image searches or something like that. Um, it got to me. I was like, yo, bro, what? Visco picked my picture. Blood, what? I can dash my camera away right now. For me, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> but when I spoke to Peter and Gelardi, they were like, yo, you know what? It's good. Appreciate it. And move on. Appreciate it and... Like, just continue doing what you were doing in the first place. And that kind of snapped me back to you. And I was like, yeah, it got to me. But I need to remain in reality. Just because they've selected one picture doesn't mean I've made it. Doesn't mean I can call my mum and be like, yo, mum, you know what? Pack your bags. I'm taking you to Miami. I'm paying your mortgage. Everything is done. <laughs> Visco cam just, just hollered me. But, yeah, um... And ever since then, it kind of cemented in that appreciate your successes, but don't live in your past successes. Don't live in that moment. I think it, it, it literally just occurred to me that a good way is how, or how at least I take criticism. Is that the right word? Critiques. Critique. Um, <laughs> in a sense of, because with critique, normally, at least with the people that give me critique, it's honest critique. It's not, I know no one's trying to hurt your feelings you know or at least I presume no one's trying to hurt your feelings and so when you critique me I'll consider everything you've said consider if I agree with it if I disagree with it um and then consider how to implement it and I think it could be the same thing with compliments if you give me a compliment well at least I'm saying this for myself because I think what I do is actually false humility um uh, I'll appreciate the compliment consider it see if I agree with it, and if I can implement it in other areas to improve other areas as well. Yeah, with me, I'll just hum- humbly agree with the compliment you give me because I just think that that's just easier overtake <laughs> for everyone. Jutsu because overtake Jutsu. Look, look, I keep it moving. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've come to know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in it. So any compliment that comes to me comes to me because of God in it. So compliment me <laughs> always. I won't. Uh, there, there will be no future false humility from me, believe me. And I actually think that would be a nice place to round up. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, leave us some comments about how, how how you guys deal with compliments and humility and fake humility and when people tell you, tell you you're sick, if you are sick. and If you know you're not sick, just, just, just tell them straight away that you're not sick. But if you are, tell us how you deal with being told that you're sick. How do you guys deal with being so amazing? Please tell us. And also, um, your perspective or understanding of the word narcissistic. Yes. Handles. Handles. Uh, shout out to Partners in Rhyme. Yep. Who gave us the intro and the outro music. Calvin Teller. Yes. Who gives us the ordinary amazing logo design. He did that for me. You don't know. Uh, Twitter. At the Furnace UK, uh, email address the fur- no, tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. 
waiting for those fan mails. Yeah, I might just want to get fan mail one day, you know. If you believe in yourself, we see. You know what? First, it's, it's, it's going to trickle in. It's just going to come all at once. It's going to be amazing. Believe it. Um, <laughs> www.soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace. No apostrophe. Um, iTunes, the Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. And any podcasting app that you might use, podcast you can get it on there. The Apple I, uh, podcasting app, the podcatcher, pocket cast, podcaster, whatever you use, yeah. Yeah. it's on there. Like it, share with your friends, leave some comments. Let's have a, let's have a conversation. And um, if you want to come on, drop us an email or just something. And you'll say, yeah, come down. We eat, we can talk, have a good time. And I think that's everything, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I think this is the Blacksmith's Furnace. I didn't out. Blah, blah. <laughs>